Hey everyone, well, good to see you. Thanks for tuning in tonight, whether you are on our online platform or Facebook, it is so good to have you with us tonight. Now I've got a message that I can't wait to share with you tonight and it's called Contagious Victory. Now I wanna start by saying, one thing that is true in life is the fact that there are two different types of board game players. Now there are the smack talkers and there's the peacemakers. The smack talkers, they're in it to win it. And they recognise that everything that happens both in the game and around the game is all an important part of the experience. These people like to set up camp in your head and win the psychological battle before the games even begin. These people are barbarians and I'm one of those people. And then there are the peacemakers. They don't fight to have their favourite coloured piece. They don't care if they go first. They don't even care if the board's facing the right way. Like they'll play upside down. They don't realise that in a game, you're entering this new realm within the confines of the game and you're not there to make friends. Like there's a task at hand and you can be friends after the game, kind of like a brutal rugby match where you shake hands after the game and you're all mates again. They don't quite understand this. See the peacemaking board game players, they say things like, the main thing is that we all have fun. These, these people are psychos. Uh, but Darcy and I, we love playing games and we decided that while we were in lockdown, we would embark on the Great Frost Showdown. We're gonna play every single board game that we have and keep a tally to find out who the overall winner was at the end. Now, we do have like 50 games, so it's gonna take us a little while. But one thing we agree on when we play is that you play fair, but you deserve the right to win and celebrate your win when it comes your way. Because the truth is, you win some, you lose some. Now, admittedly, I'm much happier when I win, but I never want the disappointment of my loss to rob Darcy away from the joy of celebrating her win. So even when I might feel disappointed on the very rare, I'm talking very rare occasion that Darcy might beat me, because I understand that you win some, you lose some, her celebration, it doesn't rub salt in the wound, but rather it motivates me and it encourages me to go after that same victory myself. You see, when she celebrates, I watch it, I appreciate it, and then within moments, I'm back to smack talking again, looking for my next opportunity. I may feel defeated now, but seeing her celebration reminds me that if she can win, I can win too. You know, why is it that for some people, when they're struggling, watching others do well makes it more difficult for them? And yet for others, when they're struggling, watching others do well brings a level of motivation and encouragement. You know, I think sometimes we think it's unfair that we might struggle while others have success, right? Like, why did they get the job and I didn't? Why did they receive their healing and I didn't? Why do they find it easy to trust God and I don't? But could I say that struggle is not a matter of fairness? In fact, struggle is a matter of community. I'm gonna unpack that a little bit more tonight, but it's this attitude that says, it might be hard for me right now, but seeing someone else do well reminds me not of where I am, but perhaps of where I could one day be. Now in 1 Thessalonians, we get the writings of Paul, who's writing from a place called Corinth to some young Christians. And by young Christians, I mean they were young in their faith. And at this time, a lot of the Christians had converted from paganism in this area right around the time that Paul left. And so what he's doing in this letter is he's writing back to encourage them in their faith, but to also check up on them. 
You see, these young Christians were facing a level of persecution. The leaders and the teachers in the day, they didn't agree with Jesus. And so Paul is concerned that maybe their faith is wavering. And so in the middle of this struggle and trial, Paul writes this letter to encourage them to check up on them. And he understands that it's probably never been more important to do everything he can to encourage them at this time. And so let's take a read of that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, from verse 17. Says, Dear brothers and sisters, after we were separated from you for a little while, though our hearts never left you, we tried very hard to come back because of our intense longing to see you. We wanted very much to come to you, and I, Paul, tried again and again, but coronavirus prevented us. No, it didn't, says Satan. Satan prevented us. But get this as it carries on. It says, After all, what gives us hope and joy and what will be our proud reward and crown as we stand before our Lord Jesus when He returns? He says, it is you. He says, yes, you are our pride and joy. And so Paul's writing this letter and he reminds those young Christians in this area that he's just left and he's writing back to that he sent his friend Timothy to check up on them. He says, do you remember? Do you remember how I sent Timothy to strengthen you, to encourage you in your faith and to keep you from being shaken by the troubles you were going through? He says, but you know that you were destined for such troubles. Even while I was with you, we warned you that the troubles would soon come and they did, as you well know. He's saying the troubles unfortunately were inevitable. Then he says, this is why when I could bear it no longer, I sent Timothy to find out whether your faith was still strong. I was afraid that the tempter hadn't gotten the best of you and our work had become useless. But now Timothy, he's just returned to bringing us good news about your faith and love. He reports that you always remember our visit with joy and you wanna see us as much as we wanna see you. But get this part, this is really important. He says, so we have been greatly encouraged in the midst of our trouble and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, because you have remained strong in your faith. He said, it gives us new life to know that you are standing firm in the Lord. How we thank God for you. Now, this is an amazing exchange because you've got Paul in Corinth who's writing to check up on his friends in Thessalonica. Thessalonica. I don't know. One day someone said to me, uh, it said Thessalonica and that sounds more fun. So I'm going to say Thessalonica. You sure? You don't know how to say it either. Thessalonica. He's writing to his friends to check up on them and uh, he's hearing that they're doing well and he says he's been encouraged in the midst of his own troubles and suffering. But get this, he says, the reason he's encouraged is because he's heard that his friends are doing well. He said it gives them new life to hear that although they are walking through a level of defeat, his friends are walking through a level of victory. What's he saying? He's saying, look, you're winning, we're losing, but your win reminds me that one day we will have our win. I'm reminded that just because we go through troubles and suffering, this doesn't dismantle our ability to be an encouragement in somebody else's life. See, Paul doesn't respond to this good news with defence, right? He doesn't try to rationalise why those in Thessalonica have it better and how life is unfair. He doesn't allow their victory to rub salt in the wound of his struggle, but sees it as an encouragement to continue persevering on towards his own victory. I mean, put yourself in Timothy's shoes just for a second. 
Your good friend, Paul, who you know is struggling, sends you to go and check on some other Christians. You know your friend is struggling. You know he's having a really hard time. You know how distant he feels from people. You know the heartache that he's carrying. And then you arrive in this place called Thessalonica to check on the Christians and you find that actually they're doing okay. Like there's this level of persecution that they face, but for the most part, their faith is high and they're managing well. And so you discover that news and now you've got to go back to your hurting friend, Paul, and deliver the news. I mean, this is make or break. Have you ever found yourself downplaying something as to not bring discouragement on someone else? I mean, think of it like this. You and your friends have got tickets to see your favourite band in concert. You've had the tickets for like six months, you've pre-ordered the t-shirt and you're counting down the days. You cannot wait. And then just a few days before the concert, one of your friends falls quite sick and they're unable to get out of their house and go to the concert. So you've got to go without them. Straight after the concert, the friend's on the phone. How was it? Was it awesome? Was it amazing? Did they play that song? You know, like our favourite song. Did they play the song? Was it all that we dreamt of? And out of care, you say, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was good. It was okay. I liked it. And like, did they play the song? Did they play our favourite song? And you're like, uh, yeah, I think, I think so. Like, I can't really remember. Like, I think they might have. I mean, they probably did write like their most famous song. And you try to downplay it. Inside, you're thinking, It was amazing. And yeah, they played the song. I loved it. But out of care, not wanting to rub it in, you downplay your experience. Now, this is often our approach. And although the motive is right, I think what happens when we do this is we underestimate the power and the influence that our victory could have in somebody else's life. See, even though this might be our default response, Timothy, he understood it differently. Timothy understood that even though his friend Paul was going through struggle and trial and trouble and challenge, as were other people in the area, Timothy still understood that he needed to deliver the whole message because by delivering the message of how others were winning, it was gonna bring encouragement to his friend Paul. You need to know today that you can find encouragement in the midst of your trouble and suffering. And I said this at the start and I'll say it again. Our attitude must be one of seeing that struggle is not a matter of fairness Oh, but I've got this and they've got that or I don't have this and she's got that. But actually it's a matter of community because even when things around us are going tough, there's something about seeing somebody else win that sparks something within us. It lifts our gaze, it sparks new hope, it stirs our faith and our spirit to believe, well, if they can win, then maybe I can win too. See, faith has this profound ability to leak. Like it affects more than the one that carries it. That's why the centurion's faith led to his servant being healed, even though the servant didn't even know the centurion had asked for healing. It was the centurion's faith that leaked out and affected people wider than himself. This is why the man that was paralyzed got lowered into a building in front of Jesus. And it was the faith of the friends that made their paralyzed friend well. The truth is, however we like to look at it, however we slice it, We're living in a tough season, Uh, but it's affected us all quite differently. Some of us have lost our jobs, some haven't. Some have really struggled with lockdown. Others have found it relaxing and empowering. Some have grown stronger in their faith while others have battled as they've gotten weaker. But if there's something I've discovered about my walk with God and something I think is being revealed in this passage of scripture is that I have to believe that if somebody else is doing well, It's simply a sign of a place that I haven't yet arrived. They're just in a different part of their journey, but that's where I'm headed. 
See, when I can't see a way through, can I tell you, it's the steadfast faith of my friends, of my colleagues and of my small group that remind me that even though I can't see through, there is in fact a way through. And so hope starts to stir again. Faith starts to rise. We may be living through troubling times, but we'll push forward if we do it together. You know, I've recently become interested in this whole idea of um, like investing in the stock market. I think, you know, when lockdown happened, everyone decided they were gonna become an expert in something. That was my thing. And I'm by no means an expert, but I've been doing a lot of reading and a lot of research and I've even dipped my toes in just a little bit to see what it's like. And one thing I did is I joined this Facebook group. That's pretty cool. Just a bunch of people that can chat, can share advice, can ask questions on all things to do with the stock market. And it's been really interesting. And, and one observation I made about this group that I'm now a part of is that, even though the people haven't met each other, it kind of feels like a community. Like it's not this boastful thing where everyone's trying to compete with one another, but it's a community where everyone else is spurring each other on. Now, usually, again, I'm not an expert, but when the market's low, a lot of people are losing money. And when the market's high, a lot of people are, are making money. And sometimes it's all mixed in there. But what I've noticed that happens in this group is quite cool, is someone will post up and they'll say, hey guys, could, could everyone post screenshots of their investments to show how your investments are up, how they're doing well? And so everyone posts screenshots and they all celebrate together like, yeah, we're, we're, all, we're all winning today. And then there's other times when things aren't going so well and they post and say, hey, let's all post screenshots of how our investments have tanked so we can console one another and feel the pain together. Uh, but one person said it beautifully just last week. He posted this comment on it and he said, my investments have dropped quite a lot this week. So could you please post photos of how yours are going up? I wanna be reminded that things get better. And everyone started posting screenshots of how their investments had gone up, even though this guy's had gone down. But I loved his attitude. I love this attitude to reach out, to be motivated and the response of the community. See, he knew he was struggling, but that the winds would come back around. He just needed to see it in somebody else so that he could begin to believe again. See, seeing you win reminds me that I can win too, that there is breakthrough for me too, that my miracle is on its way. And God, He doesn't have a limited number of miracles. So if He did it for them, He can do it for you. And if He was good then, He's still good now. And so if you're struggling or you're doing okay, either way, the fact remains, we need each other. We were designed for each other. When one wins, we all win, but this part's really important, only if we're connected. When one wins, we all win, but only if we're connected. This is why struggle is less a matter of fairness and it's more a matter of community. Famous saying you might have heard said, a problem shared is a problem halved. Why? Because there's something releasing about our connections with people. And I've got a couple of thoughts I wanna share with you tonight that I think are gonna help you whatever side of the coin you find yourself in, whether you're struggling in the season or you're doing okay, I've got a couple of thoughts that are gonna encourage you. And the first one is this, a struggling season needs stable guidance. A struggling season needs stable guidance. Now, like a baby learning to walk, what they need is the strong, sturdy hand of their parent and accurate instructions. Like a baby holding another baby's hand doesn't create a positive out of two negatives. Right? Like in maths, if you add two negatives together, you get a positive. That can stay in mathematics because that's not how real life works. But the truth is we all go through hard times. Some of us are grieving the loss of a loved one losing a job or maybe another great opportunity. Maybe you're going through a season of blurriness where you're just, 
You're just not quite sure where you're headed. Maybe challenges in your marriages or your friendships. <laughs> I said marriages. I hope you've only got one at a time. That, that would be ideal. <laughs> uh, if you relate to these challenges, you're just like Paul. See, Paul reaches out to his friends and he's greatly encouraged in the midst of his trouble and suffering. How? Because he hears the testimony of those that are doing well in the season. In fact, if we jump back to the verse, he said it like this. He said, it gives us new life to know that you are standing firm in the Lord. And so if you're hurting in this season, your priority has to be getting around people who are feeling strong. Do what's helpful, not just what's comfortable. See, spending all of your time hanging around other hurting people, while it may bring a level of comfort because they can relate to what you're going through, history would tell us that quite often this ends up not actually being helpful. And so this is why being in a small group should be an absolute non-negotiable for every Christian. A group of ordinary people that understand that their collective strength comes in their ability to uplift and encourage each other in different seasons of their lives. You know, maybe you feel like, there's no way through. The pain is too much. You're too far gone. There's no recovering from this. Well, you need to hear again that seeing someone else win reminds you that you can win too. You're not there yet, but God is still on your side. God is still good. And He's gonna continue using people to remind you that your breakthrough is on its way. You know, one thing I love doing is I like going to theme parks. Um, and I mean, we've really only got one in New Zealand, Rainbow's End here in Auckland. And there's some rides that I love and there's some rides that if I'm gonna be honest, I don't love at all. Now, when I go to Rainbow's End, let's start by stating it as simple as it is, the log flume is the best ride. It is, and that's not up for debate. It's simple, it's timeless, it's mystical, and it doesn't have your stomach punch you in the throat. Now the fearful, that's an awesome ride. And the pirate ship is the closest earthly depiction we have to hell. It, the, the pirate ship is the worst. If I want to feel really bad about everything going on in my life, jump on the pirate ship. They, I think they closed it down. That was an answer to prayer. The roller coaster, though, the roller coaster is iconic. Like, it's the best of times, it's the worst of times, it's everything in between all at the same time, kind of like there's good parts of the ride and there's bad parts of the ride. And there's this part where you click in and it slowly pulls you up to the highest point. Now it's quite slow and it's relatively peaceful apart from those clicks that remind you that you've put your hands in the life of a machine. You know what it's like, it's like chick, chick, chick. It sounds quite terrible and terrifying and you pray your best prayers on that part. But I, I realise when I'm going up that part, it's nice and slow, it gives me a moment to look around. Gets, gives me a moment to look ahead on, on you know, the cart to see like, who's in the seats ahead and have they vomited? Are they surviving? Are they doing okay? And there's time to look around at what's going on. And even though I'm over here, I can look over there and I can see like further along on the cart, these people are about to go through the double loop. And even though I'm not there yet, seeing ahead in, where someone else is in their journey, it reminds me what is likely to come ahead in my journey too. I realise as I look ahead and I see someone on a different part of the journey, that actually they were right where I was just a couple of moments ago. And now they're over there. You know, there's parts of the ride that are awesome and there's parts that are scary. There's parts that are fast and there's parts that are slow. But one thing is for sure. And that's that the joy that they are experiencing simply highlights the joy that I am yet to experience. If we're on the same journey, if I'm headed in the same direction, I can be confident that if they're going through it, then their victory reminds me that my victory is right around the corner. I wanna to suggest to you tonight that 
this ride of life will continue to go. But by looking ahead to the wins and the victories and the joys of other people, it will stir your faith to believe that your victory is also just right around the corner. Come on, a struggling season needs stable guidance. Get around people who are strong and you'll find that you'll be strengthened in the process. Second thought and final one I have for you tonight that I believe is gonna be helpful is this. A healthy Christian is always on mission. A healthy Christian is always on mission. You know, one of the things I love most about our church is something that Pastor Luke talks about in the first part of our growth track course, uh, which you can get on board with. It's online now, which is super cool. But one of the things he talks about is that every person is gifted and wired to make an impact on those around us. Like we believe that to our core, that every person was designed to make a difference. He believes, and, and so do we, that there is purpose, there is calling, and there is influence on every person's life. And yet, not every season calls for that. There are times when you're feeling a bit beaten up by life and you just need to come to church, to sit in His presence, to soak, to be renewed and restored, to be encouraged and uplifted. And I'm so thankful that we carry a vision that sees God's heart on this. And as well as that sits for us, on the other side of the coin is the fact that we also believe that anyone who finds himself in that season isn't called to stay there forever. And a time will come where you begin to find your strength again. And at this point, you can lift your head and you, be, you can begin to look around at the different areas that God might wanna use you in to make a difference. See, if you find yourself in a fairly good place, and I don't mean perfect, Remember those young Christians in Thessalonica, they, they were facing persecution, but for the most part, their faith was high and they were doing okay. It wasn't perfect, but they were doing okay. And if you find yourself doing okay or better, then perhaps you need to keep your eyes open for where God can use you to inject hope into the lives of other people. See, Bible says out of an overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you're carrying joy, speak joy. If you're carrying hope, speak hope. If God is answering prayer, then stir faith with your testimony. There are people in the midst of trouble and suffering just like Paul, but they're searching and they're looking for a glimpse of a better future. And God wants to use your story and your words to bring new life to those that aren't quite there yet. In fact, in Revelation, it says, we are overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So while we're in lockdown or level two, or whatever the, the number happens to be, it doesn't matter. Right now is a great time to jump on the phone and call someone and encourage them. Write them a letter. Send them a funny meme. Do whatever you gotta do to encourage someone. But most of all, don't shy away from sharing what God is doing in your life because the victory that you are going through could bring so much encouragement to somebody else. See, healthy Christians understand that their life is no longer their own that their vision for life goes far beyond their own situation and their own family. And even though you might find yourself around hurting and struggling people, could you be like Timothy, who delivers a message of hope to his friend Paul? He delivers these messages of victory and hope and faith that the one who hears them may have something stirred in their heart. Can I say, don't underestimate the contagious nature of your victory. And so to you, whoever's listening today, I say, speak up. If you're struggling in this season, please speak up. 
Get, those, get around those who have faith to believe for more because you'll find when you do that, their faith will leak and the closer you are, the more your cup will begin to fill. Why? Because a struggling season needs stable guidance. And if you're winning in this season, share God's goodness so that you might encourage others in the midst of their trial. Why? Because a healthy Christian is always on mission. You know, bringing together the weak and the strong has always been something that's close to God's heart. Often when we feel weak, we feel like we shouldn't be around the strong or vice versa, but God's heart has always been about bringing those together. That's why in Romans chapter five, verse eight, it says, God demonstrated His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. A perfect God wanting nothing more than to be close to a broken people. And that's why in Luke 5.32, Jesus says, I have come to call not those who think they're righteous, but those that know that they're sinners and need to repent. Perfection seeking out brokenness. And that's why in 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9, it says, His grace is sufficient for us. It's enough. In our weakness, His strength is made perfect. And as I read that scripture, I'm reminded that the fullness of God's perfect grace in our lives can only be fully realised when there's the acknowledgement of weakness. Come on, God designed our encouragement through trial to come through other people and He designed our wholeness to be found only in Him. And I'd love to include you in a prayer in just a moment. I'm gonna pray two prayers. And the first prayer I'd like to pray is just a simple one. It's for someone who feels like they're struggling or for someone who feels like they're doing well, but you're not quite sure where to go from here. If you're struggling, your encouragement is to get around those that are feeling strong. And if you're feeling strong, the encouragement is to use what God is doing in your life as an encouragement in somebody else's life. I'm just gonna pray a quick prayer uh, over your life in regards to that. Let's pray. Father God, I thank You that this journey is long and it's beautiful. And just like the roller coaster ride, there are good parts and there's bad parts, but one thing is for sure, we can look ahead to the victories of others and be encouraged that our victory is coming too. I pray God right now for those that are struggling, would you give them your inexplainable peace? Would you restore uh, feelings of joy into their heart? And would you help them get around those that are feeling strong? And God, for those that are doing okay in this season, I thank you, God, that you've got them on mission. Would you open their eyes to see others they could reach out to and encourage that together we would progress if we would go together in Jesus' name. I wanna pray one final prayer and maybe you're here today and you're hearing about this brokenness being connected with perfection and you would say, I'm, I'm in the brokenness section. And as I hear about a God who loves us and a God who's amazing and does great things, I feel unworthy. Well, I've got the greatest news that you could ever hear in your life, that God didn't come looking for perfect people, but He came looking for people just like you and I that were riddled with brokenness and sin in our life, the sin that separates us from a perfect God. And God's promise to you and I is if we would turn from our old life and give our life into His hands, accepting Jesus into our heart, He would make us brand new today. Forgiveness for our past, new life, right now today and in eternity in heaven with Him. This is a great promise. And the best part about all of this news is there's nothing you need to do. You don't need to sort yourself out before coming to God. He sees you, He acknowledges you and He loves you exactly as you are. Yeah, He wants to work in your life and He wants to transform some things and put purpose into your vision and give you the energy and the boldness and the confidence that you need to step into all that He created you for. But He's looking for you to partner with Him in that. And God wants to offer you that free gift of forgiveness tonight. And I'm gonna pray a simple prayer in just a moment. 
And if you were to be honest and if you were to say, man, I've tuned into church or maybe I've attended church, but I've never given my life to Jesus. Well, can I encourage you to make that decision today? It'll be the greatest decision that you ever make. God wants to make you brand new and set you on a new path. You were designed for relationship with Him. If you wanna pray that prayer, then I'm gonna pray it out loud wherever you are in your homes. You can either pray it out loud or just pray it in your heart. The main thing here is that you mean it with everything that you've got. So let's pray and invite Jesus into our lives right now. Father God, we thank You that You're a loving God. You're a personal God and Your greatest desire, even though You're perfect, is to be unified with us, even though we're broken. And I ask You, God, right now to come into my life and to forgive me of my sin. God, I turn from my old life and I turn to a brand new life with You. I ask You to forgive me of my sin and make me brand new today. God, in this moment, I commit my life to you, holding nothing back in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, we're so proud of you. It's the greatest decision that you could ever make. And in just a moment, uh, you're gonna be told what to do from here so that we can help you in this journey. But I'm just praying this message encourages you and we'll see you again next week. God bless.